Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 23rd of November 2019, and the title of this episode is Necromancers and Two Different Futures. We're going to start this podcast by talking about necromancers, and we're not going to save the results of the poll until the very end. We're going to get digging straight away and summon up a debate that just will not die. Can necromancers be good? That was the question geek native readers trying to win a copy of Magic the Gathering War on the Spark in August had to answer. After explaining what a necromancer was, only 46% of the non-geeks thought that necromancers could ever be good, whereas 73% of the geeks thought it was possible. Okay, let's just address the elephant in the room. Why are non-geeks trying to win a copy of Magic the Gathering in the first place? Well, whenever Geek Native runs a competition, there's a good chance that a bunch of websites that make their money by finding places to try and win giveaways and other competitions will notice and send their readers over. They're just trying to win prizes, any prizes, and that's okay with me. Frankly, it can be tough to persuade gamers to take part in competitions Anyway, let's get back to dark magic. I've reopened the poll. Once again, I'm trying not to use these professional poll widgets because they started inserting ads everywhere, and I put together a Frankenstein of Google technology instead. Embedded into the blog is a responsive iframe and a Google survey of radio buttons. You'll have to scroll down to find the vote button, and I know some browsers don't make that very clear. Your results are then sent to a Google Sheet, I have a formula on that sheet which tallies up the responses, and I have a public and published pie chart on that sheet that's built from those tallies, and then it's that pie chart which appears on Geek Native. Yeah, it's a different sort of dark magic. The upshot is, you can vote, and you can see the results of your vote straight away if you click on the new link provided for you, or you can see the published pie chart change after a few minutes and after a few page refreshes. Right now, most people, nearly 70%, think necromancers can be good. The next biggest slice of the pie, just under 20%, think necromancers can be neutral at best, but never good. What does Dungeons & Dragons say? The 5e rules talk about this on page 118 of the Player's Handbook, and they say, Most people see necromancers as menacing, or even villainous, due to their close association of death. Not all necromancers are evil but the forces they manipulate are considered taboo by many societies. So, officially, in D&D 5e, death wizards can be of any alignment. On GeekNet's Facebook page, we had one person point out that the TV show Pushing Daisies is an excellent example of how a good aligned necromancer might work. And I'd agree. There were two TV stories on GeekNet that got people excited. The first was that the Elric Saga has been optioned for TV. This means that people have bought the rights to make the show and they are putting together a team to make it and are now trying to persuade TV networks to take them up. The team in question is Glenn Mazara, who worked on The Shield and The Walking Dead, as well as Vaughn Wilmot, who worked on Prison Break and Star Trek Discovery. The Elric Saga is a pretty popular and well-known set of books. It's an old epic fantasy with lots of horror from writer Michael Moorcock. Elric is an albino warrior king of a 
decadent and deadly empire. It's a hard empire to rule, especially with all that demonology being part of it. I suppose Elric is a bit of an anti-hero though. I think book publishers now prefer to describe that as a journey of self-discovery. The other bit of news from TV, or perhaps even cinema, is that Channing Tatum and Roy Lee, that's the guy who directed it, are trying to make The Max. When I first covered the story, I thought The Max was pretty obscure. I had not heard anyone mention Sam Keith's work in at least a decade. However, judging from the reactions, I'm wrong, and The Max is well-remembered and popular. I think I'm allowed to be surprised, because The Max is pretty dark. In one world, we have a social worker, Julie Winters, trying to help this homeless guy, and Julie's history is grim. She's a brave woman. In another world, the Max is a powerful warrior who fights to protect Julie, or the Jungle Queen, from all sorts of dangers. I only have one VHF left in my home, and that's the MTV adaptation of The Max. I have nothing to watch it on, but I don't want to get rid of it until there's a disc replacement. Fingers crossed that this project happens, and it isn't screwed up. Sticking with the theme of social work and helping others, there's a few charity efforts and sales that might interest you this week. Wizards of the Coast have a D&D download called Adventures with Muck on the DM's Guild. It's suitable for all players, they say. It costs five bucks and all money raised will go to extra life. There's a charity collection of Necropolis 2350 RPG rules and supplements on the bundle of holding. Triple S Games creative director Paul Wiggy Wade Williams has unfortunately had a stroke and the money from this sale will go to help him and his family. Necropolis 2350 is a Savage World RPG, and the bundle has Pinnacle's backing. Speaking of bundles, there's a huge Pathfinder 1st Edition deal on App Humble Bundle. You can go from zero Pathfinder to an impressive library for just a few dollars. As is the case with Humble, you can pick charities who will benefit from your purchase, and dial up how much, or little, the profit split that they get from your money is. Now, let's talk about the two visions of the future I had this week. That's to say, Geek Native reviewed two different sci-fi properties this week. The first is a glossy hardback, Star Trek, the official guide to the animated series. First off, this is an excellent Christmas gift for someone. The book has never-seen-before interview material with Gene Roddenberry, and I can't imagine there's much of that sort of thing left. After explaining a bit about how and why the animated series happens, the guy looks at the processes behind putting together an animated series and trying to tell Star Trek stories in 20 minute slices. Then, and for the bulk of the book, it tours each of the 22 episodes of the Emmy winning series, looking behind the scenes with bloopers, facts and insight. If you want to see inside the guide, then Geek Native has you covered, as I filmed a slow page turning through the book. You should get a good idea of what's inside before you buy. I don't think I've seen many of the animated series, but I really still enjoyed the guide. It's a wholesome universe with talented people who generally do the right thing. And that's a contrast to the other sci-fi property I reviewed this week. That's volume one of Blade Runner 2019. I say sci-fi, but in the Blade Runner universe, the movie happened in 2019, and we've now gone beyond it, and without flying cars or replicants, at least... I don't think we have replicants. It's hard to tell. Volume 1 is a compilation of all the individual Blade Runner 2019 comic book releases so far. In it, we have a Blade Runner called Ash, 
who seems to be a bit scary. She's known as the Butcher because she cars up the replicants she catches illegally and sells their parts on the black market. Ash is hired for a non-Blade Runner job. The wife and kid of a rich businessman have gone missing and it's her new not-quite-on-the-record job to find them. I like the illustrations and the characters and the plot development. I like the dark and grimy Blade Runner future. I recommend the comic book. I noticed something, however, just when I was about to publish the review, and it made me edit my post. I was building affiliate links to Amazon where you can buy the comic book, although there seems to be an unreasonable weight on it in the UK, and I noticed somebody had given it a poor review. It's okay to disagree with other reviews, but I was still curious to know what the other reader had thought, and their complaint against it boggled my mind. This reader fumed that the bounty hunter Ash, a tough-as-nails predator from the streets of a dark future, wasn't sexy enough, and they blamed Western media for this. Welp, everyone is entitled to their own views, so let me clarify mine. If you like the Ridley Scott-esque Blade Runner, that I think you will like Blade Runner 2019. If, instead, you'd rather see a hot bod strut around in blades and bikinis, then maybe spend your money on something else. Oh, one last thing before we go, and it's a thank you. This Tuesday was Thank You Patrons Day, as organised by Patreon.com. Geek Native took part. I searched around Patreon, and I found a whole bunch of other similar RPG and geeky news sites running Patreon projects, and I listed them in the post. Feel free to add more in the comments below, or just email me. There's another free gift coming your way if you're a Geek Native patron, or you become one before the 29th. As usual, we're only talking about stocking fillers, and this month's gift is a little cat creature that's actually a clip for your headphone cord, or perhaps to geek up a slim USB cable. Thank you for listening. Let's catch up next week.